Hey, happy Tuesday. It's the CHGO Fire Podcast. One day earlier than usual, we're presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I am Pat McCraney. He is Alex Campbell. And we are very excited today because we have our first official guest in our first month of existence here on the CHGO Fire Podcast. So yeah, it's a, a special thing we get to do in part because we're recording on a Tuesday rather than a Wednesday, and we are joined today live by Chicago Fire Defender Wyatt Omsberg. Wyatt, thanks for coming on the show and taking the time. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me. So Wyatt, you know, before we get into some of the more recent stuff, we kind of want to think start going pretty big picture. What's the experience for you been like going from, you know, kind of not knowing what your role was going to be on the team, maybe over the off season to finding, finding yourself as kind of a locked in starter, the the minutes leader for the team, dude, it's, it's been a tremendous individual year for you. Yeah. um, I think going into the off season, uh, pretty much right when I resigned, I was like, I want to come in in the best shape possible. I want to, with the new coaching staff, a lot of new players, I said, I want to make a good impression. Um, and just try and put myself in a good position uh, for the beginning of the season. So it's been great to play a lot. Um, you know, it's been a, a little bit of a tough stretch for us. But uh, for me personally, yeah, it's been it's been great to play. And, um, you know, hopefully I can uh, keep earning my spot. How do you balance? I mean, you've, you've had this tremendous individual season, like we talked about. You scored your first goal, which had to be a, a tremendous experience for you. How do you balance that with the fact that, you know, the team hasn't had the success you guys have wanted it to have over the last couple of months. Has that been, you know, is, has it been hard to take individual pride in what you've done when the team isn't having the success? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the first thing you do, especially we've been giving up a lot of goals. The first thing you do is you look at yourself, you look at what you can be doing differently. Um, so it's, it's been tough um, because, you know, we obviously, we share the frustration with the fans that, you know, we want to be um, getting more results. And I think we're a team that, that should be getting more results. We have the quality on the field. So, um, yeah, I think it's been a little bit tough for me because uh, it has been great to play a whole lot. Um, you know, it's the first time in my career I've been getting consistent minutes. But at the same time, you know, we're not getting the results uh, we were hoping for. So I think, um, you know, we're all, we're all just looking to get better, uh, to tidy things up. Um, and, you know, as we, as we approach the summer, uh, try and get things clicking and get results. Why we get a lot of questions every week for a mailbag section we do on the show. And one we've heard a couple different versions of lately is if we have any sense of what the mood in the locker room is right now. So directly from a source, what is the mood in the team right now? And what's the message been not only from the coaching staff, but between players over these last few weeks? Yeah, I think I just said it, you know, it's a little bit frustrating. um, And we share that frustration with everyone. But uh, at the same time, we're staying positive. I think we're doing a lot of things right. Um, I know the results haven't been there, but if you if you look at the way we've been playing, uh, there's a lot of positives to take out of it. So we're trying to focus on that um, and just to keep building. You know, we just added some good pieces to our attack uh, that we think are really going to help. You know, Chris, Tyro, uh, we're t- finally starting to get healthy here. So uh, just trying to stay positive um, and, you know, believing in what we're doing, trusting the process. And, and uh, you know, as we approach the summer, just really trying to get things clicking. The, the weird thing, Wyatt, is is last year's losses always tended to fall under the the fire made a couple mistakes and switched off at a couple moments, or they couldn't finish chances. This year's been kind of weird and all over the place. Where you know you had a, a game against the Red Bulls where the offense was absolutely clicking, defensively a little sloppy. Then you go out the next day, the defense is back to being 
you know, stellar. And the only goal you gave up was off a accidental handball. That's a really unlucky situation. And then the offense isn't clicking. It's just, it, it feels sort of like once everything comes together, once the injuries, you know, stop and, and there's no silly red card suspensions or anything like that, like this might actually get rolling. You guys have that same sense, I feel. Yeah, I think we've shown, you know, we can score goals. We have the ability to score goals. We have quality all over the field. And on the other hand, we have the ability to, to stop teams even at their most dangerous when they're at their most dangerous. So I think we just need to put it put it all together. Um, and I think in the case of the Red Bulls, you know, we've got to finish out the game. Uh, we're so close to getting a really good away result, and we just kind of switch off in the last minute of the game, and they find an equalizer. So I think it's, you know, we've shown we can do it. We've shown we, we, we're a team that, can stop goals and we've shown we're a team that we can score goals so I think it's just putting it all together um, and you know we're, we're going to keep working until we do that. You mentioned a couple new players obviously it's also a new experience for Ezra Hendrickson it's his first time as an MLS head coach you've been around the block in this league for a few years now so what would what has stood out to you about the way Ezra has approached this job and just kind of uh, what's your relationship and the team's relationship and like building with him these first couple months together? Yeah, he's been really good. I think if you look at him, you look at the way he runs a session and you look at the way he talks to the team, you'd never know that this is his first time being an MLS head coach. He has so much experience in this league, both as a player um, and as a, an assistant coach. And he's won everywhere he's been as a player and as a coach. So um, I think the, the thing that I say about Ezra is, you know, he's kind of got the best of both worlds where he's like very, very chill. I don't know if you guys have talked to him much, but he's super chill, very relaxed. But then in the moment, like if we're having a bad training session, if we're coming into the, the locker room at half and we're not good enough, he's going to let us know. So he kind of brings the best of both worlds in that sense. Um, and it's been great for me to work with him. Uh, you know, he's put a lot of faith in me and uh, I've learned so much from him, from CJ uh, and continue to learn from Frank and junior. Uh, so we have a really good staff, a really complete staff from goalkeeper coach to, to head coach. So uh, it's been great for me to learn from them. And uh, yeah. I, I get the same sense talking to him from a media standpoint. You don't realize that he, he does, he's not a rookie head coach. He's been around so long. Yeah, maybe he hasn't had a head job in MLS, but he's he's got that level of experience and just that sort of command that, you know, he gives off a vibe that that definitely he's got that that uh, he's got control of things for sure. Another guy who definitely gives off that vibe is your center back partner, Rafa Shehas. What's it been like working with him this season? Yeah, I mean – uh, talk about an easy guy to play with and play next to. He He's kind of everything you want as as a captain, as a leader, and as a center back partner. Uh, just so easy to play next to. Uh, you kind of always know what he's thinking. You always know where he's going to be. Super solid and consistent. Um, and it's been great for me to learn from him. Uh, and, you know, anytime someone makes a mistake, he's right there to clean it up. He puts out fires all over the field. Uh, you know, he has quality with the ball, but yeah, he's everything you'd want out of a, a captain and, and certainly as a center back partner. He's incredibly easy and just makes your job so much uh, easier and it's just a, a comfort to play next to him. Well, we, we don't want to talk all serious yeah. and all work here, so we, we want to ask a couple lighter, harder questions. I guess the way we'll start this is, you know, you're someone who looks like you play with an, a real intensity out there. It feels like just defenders in general – you can never switch off for a second, but you also kind of have this reputation of being one of the quote-unquote nice guys on the team. So how, how do you think you kind of balance that kind of 
your general affability with needing to take those 90 minutes on the field extremely seriously? Yeah, I think um, I've had coaches tell me in the past, like in high school and college, like you're, you're too nice. You're too nice on the field. You got to start being meaner. You got to start fouling people, getting yellow cards. Like that's part of being a defender. So I think when I first uh, got into the league, it was like, all right, let's like be meaner on the field. Let's have a little bit of a bite to you and edge to you. And I think that year, I've, uh, this year, I've really tried to bring that um, and try to, you know, change my game. And I think every year I've gotten a little bit better at that, you know, uh, even in practice, uh, you know, if you have to make a foul, you have to hit somebody, whatever it is, uh, you know, not being afraid to do that. And then not after, after practice, after games, you know, all friends uh, and, and nice again. But, you know, just trying to get that mentality to switch on the field has been something I've worked on for the past couple of years. And uh, this year, certainly, uh, I feel like I've done a better job of that. Along those nice guy lines, I came to talk to you for a piece a couple of months ago, Wyatt. And I remember I opened the story with the little antidote that you help clean up the soccer balls after every training session, which is, you know, not something that all pro athletes would do for sure, but that's something that you think is important. And I also remember a, I think it was a social media thing that, that Tyler Terrence did with, um, you were the only guy that on the team that all the other teammates would let date their sister. (laughs) One, do you remember this? And two, how does this make you feel? Um, I sort of do remember. I think Frank Klopas was one of the people that said it. So um, how do I feel about it? I don't know how to feel about it. I think maybe part of it is there's not a whole lot of single guys on the team. So that might just be kind of process of elimination. Like I'm one of uh, only a handful, but uh, I think like if it came down to it, I probably would not feel super comfortable dating anyone's sister on the team. So probably true. Just, just <laughs> Yeah, I might just let that one go. Uh, but sure, nice little compliment for me, I guess. So then I guess another thing we wanted, I guess, to ask about, you know, because we talk so much about, you know, the work, the soccer. Obviously, I'm sure that whenever you do media-related stuff, that's almost what you're always asked, asked about. When you're not at work, when you've got a day off, what is Wyatt Omsberg doing in his free time away from the field and away from training? Yeah, good question. Um I guess the first thing that comes to mind is a lot of us like to play golf. Uh, there's three or four guys on the team who play golf. Um, we haven't gotten out too many times this year, but uh, when we do get a day off, and as long as it's nice, we'll try and maybe play nine or 18 holes. Um, I also like the Cubs a lot. I don't know if you guys are Cubs fans or White Sox fans, so maybe heading into not the greatest territory there, but uh, Cubs games are always super fun. Um, so I would say those are the first two things that come to mind. As long as it's nice, you know, uh, especially now that the summer's coming, maybe get out uh, close to the lake, something like that. All right, White, give me a foursome of guys, you and three other guys from around the club, players or or whoever else, and and who's coming away on top? Okay. Uh, The foursome that usually plays is it's me, Johnny Bornstein, and Spencer Ritchie. We play a lot. Chris Mueller has said that he plays golf, but we haven't gotten to play with him yet. Uh, Fabian Herbers has played a couple of times. A couple of the coaches play, but I'm going to stay away from that. So I'll do, it would be me, Johnny, Fabi, and Spencer. Uh, who wins? Um, Johnny's pretty good. I think we, we kind of go neck and neck. So, But he's been playing a lot lately. So if we were to play today, probably Johnny would, would edge me out. And just, I guess the last note, we're kind of going – Full circle, you mentioned you haven't gotten a chance to play with Chris yet. Chris and Hiro having just come into the group, 
what have kind of been your first impressions of those guys in their first two weeks as members of the team? Yeah, I mean, really good guys, first and foremost. I think they've gelled into the locker room really well. Chris knows the league, and he's a local kid, so he's had no problem fitting in. And then uh, Hiro as well uh, has done a good job fitting in. Um, I think he kind of struggled with an injury early on, but now it's kind of getting his feet. Uh, and you can see the quality that both of them have, uh, and they bring a lot to our attack. They're both dynamic players, can take guys on 1v1 and, and have the ability to create and score goals. So. I think once they get clicking, they, they get clicking with Shaq, um, our attack is going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with. All right, I've got a couple questions here from fans on Twitter. James wants to know um, if you could choose one ground anywhere in the world, one stadium anywhere in the world to play in, where would you choose and why? Oh, man. One ground anywhere in the world. Um. Okay, so the first thing that comes to mind, this is not going to be a very popular answer, uh, but we've played at New England a couple of times, and I grew up a big Patriots fan, just being from Maine. Um, so that's going to be a crazy answer to people, but I would say New England Revolution, uh, just because I grew Terrible. up. Terrible. Uh, I know, that's horrible. Congratulations really on being the first ever MLS player to say they enjoy playing <laughs> and they want to play on turf. You are, you are one of one, sir. That's an insane answer, and if I had more time to think about it, I would probably pick another one somewhere in England or something. But weirdly, I just had to say that's the first thing that comes to mind is <laughs> New England Revolution, Gillette Stadium. And then uh, Tyler Booker wants to know, ask him how it feels to be a first-time All-Star. I think Tyler's getting a little ahead of himself here, but you are having a great season. What would it mean to you if you did get an All-Star nod? Yeah, I mean, that would be super cool. Uh, not something I've thought about at all, but, you know, I think – for me personally, especially, and I think the whole group, we're, we're more focused on, we got to, we got to start getting results. we got to start winning games um, and getting this thing on the right track. Uh, and hopefully that'll start this weekend. Well, Wyatt, we've already taken a bunch of your time. Best of luck. And in Toronto, I should say this weekend, trying to break this run of results. Hopefully see you guys get a win on the road. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on CHGO fire as our first guest. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks Wyatt. What a dude. Wine Osberg, good guy. guy. Just nice guy. I mean, and that's emblematic of a lot of guys on the fire. I think our interactions mm-hmm. have all been, you know, very, very positive with the guys on that squad. And again, when we talk about fans want to know things from us, like, you know, do you have a sense of this? Do you have a sense of that? Well, it's best just to go to the source. Best to ask a guy who's mm-hmm. living it every day. And again, Wyatt Osberg in what's been a maybe a difficult start for the fire having a really good individual season. We've got more to talk about with this team, but before we get to that, Pat, why don't you tell the good folks about PointsBet? You know, I just want to say before that, uh, we know Greg Berhalter watches the show. He (laughs) lives here in Chicago. We've already discussed this. We know he does. Greg, I know you're watching. Call up Wyatt. Wyatt deserves a shot. Wyatt to the World Cup. Make it happen. Wyatt to Qatar. Also, Greg, come on the podcast. Yeah, come on, Greg. (laughs) Uh, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. And we're not saying it should be the fire one. But it should be the fire one. I don't know. There's a couple other cool ones on there, too. You Go check it out. There's some really sweet shirts on there but the fire one's the best. 
Uh, that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better, introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost your live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right to your phone, register the account, start to finish. You don't have to go anywhere. Just do it right on your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And Pat mentioned all the great shirts. There's also more dope merch on the CHGO website. That's a great way to support the show and support CHGO. Podcasts and live shows air here every single day from this studio and from Studio B right over that way. Post-game shows after games sometimes. Premium written content for all members when you subscribe at allchgo.com, including... Pat's great writing and reporting on all things fire. As he mentioned, you get a free shirt when you become a member. It should be the fire shirt, but there's other great stuff going on there too. You also get access to what we're calling the CHGO Lounge, the members-only Discord, where you can join other CHGO members talking fire or any other Chicago sports topic you may wish. So go to allchgo.com and please consider signing up for a membership. So Pat, we talked to Wyatt. We now, for better or worse, have to talk about the soccer since we last spoke, mm. the fire drew 2-2 with the New York Red Bulls and then lost 1-0 to NYCFC at a different baseball stadium than the one NYCFC usually play at. These games very different. We'll, we'll start with the Red Bull one. I mean, you mentioned to Wyatt, it felt like the offense was really clicking in that game and maybe the most fluid attacking we've seen yeah. all year. Yeah, they were going forward strong. It was funny that when we were texting about that game, you said, well, we're going to have to talk about the two losses in New York. And it took me a second. I'm like, they drew that game against the Red Bulls, but it just didn't feel like it because of that, that last-minute equalizer. Um, goals by Chris Mueller, Wyatt Omsberg, his first career MLS goal, and Shakiri's first goal from free play. He had two penalties before that. Um, the offense looked good. It, you know, it was a bit of a struggle until... Uh, the Chris Mueller goal toward the end of the first half, he kind of like just that was sheer will right there. The and way he hit that ball, yeah. just like there's almost an anger to it. Yeah, like there's a relief when that when that goal went he had in. Two or three guys on him. Guti shows up in just the right spot, lays it off. You know, he Mueller plays Guti. Guti lays it off just perfectly. It and then and then Mueller smashed it, and then that that sort of you know roar that he had when he scored was very very cool. And you knew that hey maybe things are going to start happening now maybe this this attack is going to start clicking and and Wyatt scored not long after that with the header off a uh, set piece Shakiri scored in the 89th minute yeah three three excuse me not two two right yeah Shakiri scored in the 89th minute I believe it was and you kind of felt okay that's it it's three two the fire are going to win this no and yeah we'll kind of walk through the timeline here but you know the game before this Gaga didn't look great and no. then everything comes crashing down in that moment. A shot undeflected straight at him from about 25 I, yards that out. That was really hard to watch. Like, that, that was the type of, of um, mistake that you're just like, okay, what is going on with Gaga? Because 
there's no way he doesn't make that save 9,000 times, you know, in a row. And that one just, you know, went, glanced off his hands and went over his head. It just, it was hard to watch. And, and that was the point where a lot of people started asking, is there too much going on in his head right now? Do we know if that had anything with it to do with it? No. No, but he did just turn 18 years old. Yeah. He's the starting goalkeeper for an MLS team. He's had all this pressure yeah. with his international decision, which, of course, most of you listening and watching, I imagine, are glad that he's said that he's going to represent the United States. I don't think he wanted to have to make that decision so quickly. Poland basically Poland gave him no choice. To, yeah, you know what? Poland, I think that their plan probably backfired. And, and yeah, he, he doesn't have to play for the United States still, even though he said he's going to. Um, being under 21, it's either three games or one game in a World Cup or um, Continental Championship, right? We've talked about this. but um, So he could still switch. Yeah, he but, can kick this can way down the road if he wants Poland, to. But Poland, by doing this, well, we're going to bring him in as one of five keepers in a 37-man camp, and we're just going to announce him and see what happens. Um, and I having think, your coach show up to a U.S. Open Cup game with yeah. a number one jersey with his name on it. And yeah. There was a lot going on there. They tried, they swung, and they missed. And in the end, he's going to stay with the United States, which is great. And then I, I thought it was very, very interesting that that day I was told, hey, get ready for an announcement from Gaga. Um, but I didn't know which way it was going to be. And about 10 minutes before I knew the announcement was coming, somebody leaked me the U.S. roster and Gaga wasn't on it. I'm like, does uh -oh. this mean he's going to Poland? Um, I didn't like, I'm like, wow. And then when I saw the the social media uh, post from Gaga, I'm like, no, it's the United States. And, and Greg Berhalter later said the reason Gaga wasn't called into this camp was because of his current form, which I thought was fantastic. We're, we're the math the all worked. Yeah. It, yep. it, it adds up. Yeah. Also, with where Berhalter elected to go with the camp, could he have brought Gaga in as a fourth keeper? Yeah, sure, but it's very clear right now that Zach Steffen, Matt Turner, and Ethan Horvath, depending on your opinion, are one, two, and three in some order in the national team right now. Gaga as an inclusion for this winter's World Cup was always going to feel like a stretch, whereas it felt like Poland might bring him along as their third keeper just mm -hmm. for the sake of it. So hopefully this lifts a tremendous weight off Gaga's shoulders. And again, we can't necessarily say correlation implies causation, but he right. looked a lot more confident and comfortable against NYCFC. A very, very good team. Yes. Yeah, and he made some saves in that game, three saves, I believe, in that game. Um he looked fine, back to his normal self, the self that we had seen at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. So, like you said, we don't know. We don't know if it had anything to do with it at all. It's one of those things where you can you can go, yeah, it obviously took the weight off his shoulders. We don't know. We're not Gaga. But we know he looked good on Sunday, and hopefully um, good things are going to come for him going forward because he got, you know, you had to figure a 17-slash-18-year-old kid would have – um, by the way, kid, I feel like an old man calling him a kid. That's a very old man thing of me. I mean, I feel like I can call him a kid and he's cause he's 10 and a half, 11 years younger yeah. than I am. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I'm an old man. Yeah. Whatever. We're all getting older. So yeah. So yeah. it's good to see him recover again. We kind of have to take it a game at a time right now. See how things go in Toronto, uh, elsewhere at city field, lone goal scored by Eber off a VAR given penalty for a flying hand by Miguel Navarro. It's a little soft, but it's one of those things, especially in this era, if your hand's above your shoulder and the ball hits your hand, it's going to get called. I, I can't imagine Miguel could have done anything different 
right. he's up in the air coming down. It's it was just a an awkward and weird situation. And yeah, that 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 handball is going to be given now in the VAR era, and and it just really unlucky for the fire. But you know, it that was the only goal they gave up in the game. Defensively very strong. They only created one shot on goal in the entire game. That was the problem in that game. That came in the 89th minute, a little turnaround shot by John Duran, I believe it was, right back to um, Sean Johnson, who who laid on it for a while when they were killing time. But um, it was it just so weird to go from offense is clicking, but we're going to give away a lot of goals, to we're not going to give away any goals, but the offense is going to create absolutely nothing. Yeah, that return to really struggling from open play – and I think this might say a bit more about the Red Bulls than it does about the fire because Red Bull and the style they play is kind of just going to give up chances, especially if you've got True. the pace to counter. Yeah. The way Red Bull presses, the way they commit men forward, the way they play a high line. If you think about that Chris Mueller goal, that was a very unfire goal the way they've been playing this year. It was a long ball hit by Gaga. It was flicked on by, I think, Navarro, Fetty Navarro in midfield, but it was flicked, flicked on in midfield, and then it was a, a one-two played between Gutierrez and Mueller. So there was nothing possession, build-up, fancy about it. It was extremely right. it direct. It was direct, hold-up. And those are the kind of goals, yeah. again, that the Red yeah. Bulls are going to concede. And right. credit to the fire for exploiting it, but NYCFC, a very solid team. Again, one of the best teams in MLS, a contender, no doubt, for MLS Cup. Yeah, And, you know... They missed some chances in this game. The Fire were generally good defensively, but NYCFC's finishing wasn't great. And then the Fire just created absolutely nothing. The best chance of the game, probably a nice little one-two down the left side between Shakiri and Mueller that saw John Duran volley over the top. Right. Maybe the sort of strike that in a couple of years with more experience, a guy like him is putting on target. But yeah, just again, the Fire either create from very quick little buildups based on individual skill or they don't create at all. And that's really kind of the story right now for them in, on the offensive side. By the way, on Duran, I've had some people compare him to Chinonso Ofor to me. And I, I just, I see things with Duran that I do not see with Yeah, Ofor. there's two. And in terms of their output right now, yes, there's yeah. some similarities. But Ofor is a player whose main asset is his strength and his ability to be a physical player, be a presence in the box, cause problems on set pieces. He's also several years older the John Duran, John Duran, if you ever get a chance to watch him in person, his raw talent is really obvious. His raw athleticism, his skill with the ball. The question is, can he put it all together and channel it into being a top-level soccer player? The Fire are betting on that. He's only 18 years old, so you have to give him some time. But eventually, someone offensively has to take control of this. And with the injury issues Casper Shabilka has had, we expect that this Toronto game should be his first start back. He's had a couple of sub appearances, yeah. been on the bench. So maybe we see Casper Shabilko back in there. But again, as we've talked about, the first choice 11 has not been on the field for the fire. Ever. And until we yeah. see that group get a run of games, I don't think we can make too many broader judgments than, yeah, they're just not a good attacking team right now. That's the, that's the thing. And we'll probably get into this in some of the questions, the mailbag questions too, but like, it it's at this point last year, I knew that I could book vacation in, in November because they were not going to the playoffs. This year is a little bit different. We have not seen the first choice eleven. I do think Ezra needs more time to get you know things sorted. I'm, I'm starting to see the. Is it fair to ask 
you know, if Ezra should be out questions, I think we're going to get into that in the mailbag too. I don't remember what we chose in the mailbag, but we might be getting into that mailbag. It'll be a surprise. Uh, for the record, 538 yeah. currently gives the Chicago Fire a 20% chance of making the MLS Cup playoffs. They rank the Fire on the lower half of the table, but far from the worst team that feels about in the right. league. So, yeah, yeah. 538's, yeah. Um, you know, average simulated season, and there are statistics they do with soccer. Has the Fire bottom half probably out of the playoffs, but, you know, there's a whole list of teams San Jose, FC Cincinnati's underlying numbers are not very good, despite the fact that they are playing well. FC Cincinnati is wildly overperforming on both on XG at both ends, so that's probably not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto, Charlotte, Houston, Vancouver, Kansas City, Inter-Miami. Yeah, those are all other teams that just simply aren't very good right now. So it's not over yet for the fire. It's MLS. It's not over for anybody until at least July, and then some teams really start falling by the wayside. But again, and this Toronto game going into the break is very winnable, even though it's on the road. The Toronto team is terrible, so. especially because this entire Toronto team is built on the premise of being kind of crap for the first half, yeah. and then hoping Lorenzo Insigne magically turns them into a decent team, Giovinco style. I think that might be a big ask, but we will wait and see. Pat alluded to the mailbag. We will get to that in a minute, but we do have another quick break here, and we have to talk about our slash my struggles. Oh God, with the points bet picks of the week. Uh, this one fell down again. I tweeted out what we lost to. So we tried to parlay Jesse Marsh into success. The Jesse Marsh parlay. He did stay up. He did stay he did up. Stay so up. that's the good news. Yep. Um, but uh, we were not correct in our pick. We were not correct in our picks. Um, Crystal Palace blew a 2-0 lead at halftime and lost 3-2 to Everton. That was our undoing on this particular occasion. Burnley held up their end of the bargain. Burnley did not win. But yeah, Crystal Palace, we believed in you. And you let us down. But congratulations to Jesse Marsh on staying up. And also MLS product, uh, Jack Harrison. Jack Harrison, scoring former the fire draft pick. Former fire draft pick, Jack Harrison, scoring that big goal at the end that leads were already up, but that allowed them to really celebrate winning the game. We are looking at the Toronto game this week, Pat, and we were looking at the odds for this game. And no one seems particularly confident, points bet certainly doesn't seem particularly confident, that either of these teams is going to win this game. Because if you tried to do a double chance and say Toronto or draw and fire or draw, the odds were just too heavy to make any sense mm -hmm. for two teams that simply aren't playing good soccer right now. But then when you look at the bet for this game to be a draw, they're listing it at plus 245. That doesn't add up to me. So for our points bet pick of the week this week, at plus 245, fire to draw against Toronto FC. Toronto have conceded a lot of goals. Maybe this is the wake-up call the ailing fire offense needs to just get that one maybe they need to avoid a loss. And the way fire games have been going lately, it just seems like they're not going to keep a clean sheet at the moment. Yeah, you, you have to figure there's going to be goals in this game. 1-1, one, 2-2 one, two, two feels like yeah. that kind of game. So Good. plus 245, we think there might be some value there because I don't know if we can honestly say either of these teams deserves our confidence in picking them to win. Probably not. If, if I were to pick either of them, though, I probably would choose the fire. It's, but... Draw feels like, the, I, I feel like you're finally going to get one right I out. feel like we're finally going to break, yeah. break our duck here. Anyway, mailbag time. Thank you, as always, for sending us your questions in the YouTube comments, on Twitter, wherever you communicate with us. We really appreciate all the engagement. We are starting here with Juan. Juan asks, would signing Chicharito have given this club a different outcome? More attention to the club, more fans, more interest from bigger name players. Nothing against Shakiri, but Chicharito is a more known name in the U.S. to the average fan. So we have to wind the clock back here, Pat, to the beginning 
of 2020, mm-hmm. which is when Chicharito was a free agent, said he wanted to come to MLS, ends up signing with the LA Galaxy. Yeah, I, 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 want to, I just want to say off the bat, I don't think Chicharito would have wanted to come to the fire unless the money was insane. I've, like I've talked about, I think there's a tax you kind of have to pay if you're the fire to get some of these guys here. Um, that said, <coughs> excuse me, that said, um, this is a fun sort of alternate world scenario thing that we can get into here. That Atlanta game that never happened in March 2020 was nearing a sellout, very close with, to it. Yeah, with, with the team as it was, which was not expected to be all that good. Yeah. So yeah, in my mind, I like to think about in a world where the fire signed Chicharito yeah. and where there is no COVID, that's a sellout. That is 60000 for, sure. for a fire I mean, game We saw at what the Field. Chicharito impact was a couple months ago when L.A. was here, and it was 30000 Like the Chicharito, Most of those people were not there to watch the fire. Yeah, Chicharito in a fire jersey uh, pre-COVID would have been absolutely. And I, I remember I wrote about it on Hot Time at the time. Like He's the one guy that could unlock the whole thing. Did he have a great first season in MLS with L.A.? No, but he has proven himself since then. But, yeah, he, he was the one guy who brought marketability and play on the field um, together more than, than most other guys in the, in the world who were available at that time. It just turns out the Galaxy got their man because the Galaxy or do the that Galaxy. sort of thing. Well, yeah. and the other thing we have to think about, talking about the soccer, would Chicharito have made the fire a better soccer team? If he brings other people with him to... To Juan's point, if the Fire could have used Chicharito as kind of a springboard to sign other big players, sure. But Javier Hernandez is very much a fox-in-the-box poacher striker. Yep, yep, yep. He doesn't really help with buildup, and he doesn't really press. So would he solve the issues we see with the Fire, which is um, they struggle with buildup and connecting play together? No, Chicharito would not solve that problem. And would he do anything to help the occasional defensive lapses we've seen from this team? Nope. Also, no. So while I think it could have been an awesome injection initially, I think he would have proven to be an overpay for the fire and would not have been worth it because I don't think he would have scored the goals with the structure of this team. So would it have been fun for a while? Yeah, I think so. Would it be ultimately different? Probably not. Probably not a winning team. No. A lot more fans in the stands, though. I more think. fans yeah. in the stands, better image. But even that maybe wears off after a while, too. Yeah, so. that goodwill. I mean, we've been begging forever for the Fire to sign a Mexican international. They've only kind of done that with Jairo Torres. Mm-hmm. Like, ever since Blanco was here, it's like, how has is, how is that never happened again? How has that market not been capitalized on? Chicharito would have been, to your point, Pat, like a crystal ball of a signing. Like, this yeah. checks all the boxes, but maybe not for the soccer. But, hey, we'll never know. Moving on. What's uh, next? Let's, what's our next mailbag? Next up, we have, this is from PF. At this point, the Fire need to play a perfect game to get three points. Does this change when everyone is healthy and can go a full 90? Also, this team struggles to score. Thank you. Is there a summer transfer incoming? If so, how big can we dream? What is realistic? I think we want to start with that second piece yeah, first. Yeah, I mean, right now, how big can we dream? Well, if you're talking about a DP, there are no open DP slots. So they'd have to move Gaston sell Gaston to open up a DP slot to bring in, if you're talking about a giant name. so Yeah, the, the, as we talked about last week, uh, the biggest thing they can do is a uh, Young Money U22 initiative signing. Right, and uh, we do expect them to do that. We think the Fire are looking to check that final box. It's basically the last spot on the roster they have available to them. Mm-hmm. We think they intend to fill it. 
We would like them to see them fill it with a central midfielder, whether Gaston Jimenez stays or not, simply because the Fire have no depth in the center of the field right now. And we've already seen if you take Shakiri or Gaston out of this team, it all kind of falls apart even worse than it already is. Thank God for Mauricio Pineda, though, and his his flexibility, because if we didn't have him, things would not be – they'd be far worse. I mean, I, how worse could they be? Already in last place. But Mauricio Pineda, very valuable piece of the team. Yeah, And on that note – um. Does that does the state of things change when everyone is healthy? Uh, can it get much worse? Can they look more stale with the ball when everyone's healthy? I don't think so. I'm hoping that when we... It has to get better. No, I'm hoping that a front four of Shabilko, Torres, Shakiri, Mueller does stuff. Uh, we haven't seen it, though, so... I'm hoping see. we see them start together this weekend in Toronto. Build some momentum with a big win and lots of goals going into the break, and then... It won't be such a depressing break for Fire fans. Yeah, we'll be okay with losing the point bet pick of the week this week if it means we lost it because the Fire won the game. That's Very a true. trade Very true. we are willing to make. All right, I think we've got time for one more from the mailbag. Um, this is going to come from Dago Camacho, a very loyal listener and supporter of the pod. Shout out to Dago. If this streak of bad results continues deep into July, do you consider sacking Ezra at that point, or do we just sit down and accept failure until the end of the season like the last decade? Some people got on him when he he posed this question. He said, "No, this is more of just a hypothetical thing here. This isn't. He does. He's not team Ezra out. It's just more of a hypothetical thing." But I, you know, no, no. Ezra Ezra is going to get this season. I think Ezra has to be given a second season. And if there's going to be change between this season and next, it's not going to be with Ezra. That's my two cents. Or should we just sit down and accept failure? No, you shouldn't, because as we've been no. trying to say, we do think that the way the fire are going about their business, this does look different. We've talked about this, the transfer yeah. business. Bringing in experienced MLS players like Casper Shabilko and Chris Mueller, signing a young player like Jairo yeah. Torres, a Mexican player who might have tremendous sell-on value, who hopefully by the time he leaves the fire, whenever that is, is an integral part of El Tree. Like, yeah. That's the a seven million dollar transfer fee and then eight point one five million dollar salary for uh, uh, Shaq. I mean, this is the sort of stuff the fire weren't. They're doing. trying. It just hasn't worked yet. Whereas three four years ago, it was an okay roster with Basti and CJ and and you know Nico. But I I would argue they're 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 making more of a push now than even then. It just for whatever reason, isn't working. Yeah, this is not the same era of the fire where you went from a team that finished third in the East and made the playoffs with the Golden Boot winner up front to a team that at the start of the next year had literally zero fullbacks on the roster and it made Bastian Schreinsteiger play center back. You might not like some of the moves the team is making, but trust me, I think the competency floor is higher than it was back then. It seems that way. And in the fullback front, we got a lot of those. Lots of those. You could argue too many fullbacks, but that's maybe a different topic for a different show. It maybe is a different topic for a different show. Speaking of different shows, we will be back to our regular scheduled time next week on Wednesday. Yeah. But I will not be here. I will be at the United States men's national team friendly against Morocco and Cincinnati, hoping to maybe call yeah, we're in hoping for the you show. check in, but the co-host will look a lot different than you. He's a beautiful man. He has hair? Yeah, he's a beautiful man. Tyler Terrence will be filling in for you, the Fires play-by-play guy. We'll be filling in for you in that chair. I'm going to be forced to sit next to Tyler for 45 minutes. I don't know how I feel about it. 
But we'll power through. So, yeah, so a bit of a Tyler maybe themed mailbag next mm-hmm. week. So if you've got questions specifically for Tyler about his perspective on how the club is doing, how he does his job, his career path, which is super interesting if you haven't heard his story. It's, especially yeah, we'll it's talk origins. about that a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, you should watch that. I'll be tuning in one way or the other to watch the show that I am not a part of. But, yes, back on Wednesday with Tyler Terrence joining Pat. Anything else we need to tell the people before we get out of here? Hopefully the Fire win this game against Toronto because it's going to be a long international break if they don't. Long international break indeed. Also, Fire-adjacent note, Gaga Slanina not called into the national team. Georgie Mihailovic called into the national team. Very deserving for Georgie. Georgie having an excellent season in MLS. One of a few guys getting their first look, not ever, but at least in a while, Mm -hmm. for Greg Berhalter. Everybody's trying to be that Hercules Gomez guy. Who's going to be the player who was not even in the picture six months beforehand? Hand, yes. Uh, Wyatt Omsberg could be this year's Herc Gomez in a very different way. But somebody's going to make this World Cup roster who has not been much of a factor. Could be Georgie Mihailovic, Lamont, Illinois' own. But until then, for Pat McCraney, I'm Alex Campbell. This has been the CHGO Fire Podcast. Thanks for watching. And we, not me though, we'll see you next week. Adios.